Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Crushcast. Today we have Todd Williamson. Do you know Todd? He's been with us just north of a year, and he is in charge of corporate communications. Todd, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jim. I would love to hear about the process of you joining us. I mean, it's like mid-COVID era, you're evaluating career opportunities. What was that like? You know, honestly, I just um, had been promoted at my previous uh, employer and wasn't initially looking. Um, it was actually the equitable brand that that enticed me to perk my ears up um, and the opportunity. I, I had been in an agency. So to come back into a company that's in-house was a great opportunity. My first job was in the equitable building in Atlanta when I started my career interning for John Lewis. And so the brand means a lot where I'm from, um, uh, even though it's been through several iterations. And so now that it's back as equitable, uh, that really perked my ears up. That's cool history. Now, if we trace back your career progression, have you always been engaged with corporate communications? I've always wanted to be in communications. I did not even know that corporate communications was a thing, let's say when I was in like high school and thinking about my career, I wanted to be on SportsCenter. <laughs> I wanted to be on ESPN uh, and that internship with John Lewis changed my life and I started going more into a, a policy route. Uh, but I always knew kind of the importance of communicating effectively for institutions and organizations, universities. Um, I saw my parents both in different roles at, at, in academia um, and just the importance of communication. Uh, and so it wasn't until I was at, um, I had spent some time at JP Morgan and I was on the government relations team that I saw how the communications team amplified some of the work that we were doing yeah. inside that I really saw that as somewhat of a career path. Well, now your internship with John Lewis, that's astounding that you had that opportunity. If you could pick a highlight or something that's always stuck with you, what would that be? I say something that stuck with me was actually just his office itself. Uh, it looked like a, a museum. And but the person who was a part of all that history is standing there right in front of you. But the thing that also amazed me about him is that he just genuinely cared about his constituents like he really could have just gone off the fact that he was a civil rights icon but he was a representative of uh, of the Atlanta area and I mean everything from uh, housing to electricity issues cost of food for for his constituents he really deeply cared and that's something that I always will take take away in addition to his level of caring, when you consider all that you observed, were there any other attributes or habits or processes that you really admired that you think, geez, I want to make sure I continue to do that? His consistent kindness. I think that he could be the level-headed person in the room, even when the situation was hot. Um, and I think that there was nothing really could seem too hot for him because of what he had, he had been through. Yeah. But I saw him be a comforter to people in uncomfortable times. And, and I think that that was something that, that I, that, that amazed me about him. Also, some of, most of my touch points with him were after I was interning with him. He was a part of my life, even throughout my career. He's one of the first people to greet me when I moved back from Berlin, Germany, about three or four years ago, he had a staff reunion. I was actually surprised I got invited because I was just an intern for, for one summer, but I actually got some one-on-one -on -one time. He actually just genuinely cared about my experiences uh, in Europe and, and my growth trajectory. 
Genuine caring that transcends circumstance. That's something for all of us. So now you've been here a little bit more than a year. As you reflect back on when you joined and your period here, are there highlights? Are there surprises? Absolutely. So when I first joined, I think we the big project was our ESG report. It was the company's first one. And that came out maybe the first month after I joined. And I was brought into that midstream uh, and was being picked back up. And all the components, I learned a lot about the company. Uh, from the general account, big systems, you know, the terms, the virtuous cycle we have with Elias Bernstein, it gave me an opportunity to see you know, the end to end of, of the company and also be a part of writing our, our I'd say you could say our sustainability story. So that was one. And then I also uh, got to be uh, play a pretty big role in our annual report. And, and so I'm writing for a company that I was only a part of for maybe two months out of that year. But because of the amount that I learned by working on the ESG report, I was able to work with our leadership team on putting together an annual report for 2021. That was probably a really valuable exercise in immersion. If you were going to give somebody like a 30-second primer on corporate communications, what do you think the crucial elements are? I think it's telling the company's story. And it's not just the business of you know the different business lines and what they do but how do you connect the dots from our advisors uh, you know our affiliated distribution alliance bernstein our our corporate side of the house it's almost like a catch-all position in a sense and what is the narrative that we are conveying not just to um, the, you know, our own people, which are very important in-house, is the, the main thing is knowing your audience with all of that information. Uh, and so helping to craft how we communicate to the public, how we communicate working with investor relations uh, to investors and shareholders, but also our stakeholders in the communities that we serve. So uh, you observe, you listen, and then you take that in and then you synthesize. Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. This has been a year that has not been, uh, let's say, economically calm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we're done a full yeah. 180. If you look at interest rates and inflation, where we were a year ago, but through it all, we've been a pretty steady ship compared to uh, many of our peers and industry as a whole. Um, uh, the way that our clients rely on us and, and we've been a port in the storm, if you will. And that's across the board. And a lot of that is powered by our people. And, and so going to impact day, like we've had in different regions and getting to actually talk to, to our advisors and, and, and the folks who work in the various retirement uh, portions of our business and what they're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis. What are they hearing from their clients and customers? It actually helps inform to tell the, the value of our company uh, to our various stakeholders. I got two more questions for you. First, when you consider the next year, another 12 months, what are you most excited about? I'm excited about some of these, what, what look like headwinds now, um, could may turn into tailwinds by end of 2023, but I'm also excited about we're building the house that we want to live in. As Mark always says, literally, we are going to be, hopefully, it's looking like we're on track to be, uh, that we're going to have a revitalized, reimagined Syracuse office. 
there's some changes and streamlining to our office in, in Charlotte. We're going to really be able to, to take our flexible work model and implement it in actual physical spaces. Uh, and then to cap it all off, uh, by the end of next year, maybe early 2024, at the latest, we're going to have a brand new headquarters. And so all three of our, our main hubs, um, you know, Charlotte and Syracuse and New York, we're, you know, we, this was the year we introduced our flexible work model. I think next year will be the year we actually get to implement them uh, in the, in the physical spaces as they were intended. The plans are ambitious. It's exciting to see a plan laid out. Uh, you and I are chatting in Philadelphia at the impact day. We're talking yes. about your son Hudson. You're showing me a couple of photos of him. Parent to parent. What can you, can you share something about Hudson? from a parent's perspective that inspires you? You know, Hudson inspires me with his resilience. This is a, a, a little boy who was born in Berlin, Germany, and he's six years old now. He's lived in two countries. He's visited 12. Uh, he's wow. probably been to four schools in that amount of time. Uh, and he continues to just amaze me. And he continues to put one foot in front of the other and, and and, and go to school and, and give, uh, you know, his, I'd say his academic curriculum, first grade, I didn't realize first grade math was this advanced when I was in school, but he continues to, uh, to, to not only look at the bright side of things, but bring out the bright side of, of life for his mother and I. So he always reminds me what's important. You know, we get so caught up in what we're doing in, in our day to day, uh, but he, he's a, a constant reminder of what's important. So from John Lewis, we're reminded, regardless of circumstance, be kind. Yeah. And from Hudson, we're reminded, be agile, be ready for change, <laughs> stay optimistic. Todd, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jeff.